So hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Saladcast of this season with myself, Glenn Price and Ollie Warner, um, where we were kind of hoping for positivity this week, Ollie, last last week when we recorded and that was not delivered, was it? <sighs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Jeez. It was two times 90 minutes of, let's be honest, boredom, mm. frustration, um, very, very poor football I guess the only positive really you can take from it is some good defensive performances, but you don't you don't get excited. You, you don't say to your mum and dad, Glenn, can't wait to get to the meadow and see some great saves from Morosi this week. Um, it's not why you go to the football, is it? Um, it's, you go to the football because you want to see some goals, you want to see entertainment, and we are not seeing that at the moment. So we're, we're not. we try and do things a little bit differently this week, aren't we, Glenn? Because there's no point in us... Well, there's no real goal manufacturing to talk about, to be honest. But we're going to do things a bit differently this week, aren't we, Glenn? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're still going to go through the games bit by bit and cover some of the key points that came out of it. But in reality, there's no point in going through it because it's two very similar games where we've drawn a blank, we've barely threatened the goal, we've hardly had a shot. Um, and rather than going through us not having a shot, I think really, let's be honest as fans, we want to talk about why we're not having shots, why we're so anemic and why we've slipped back a little bit from what was a bit bit of a better period over Christmas to something that's as bad now, statistically, as what we used to talk about as rickets ball and, you know, a style of football and a, and a style of football we hated and, you know, longer term stats and stuff to look at, I suppose, as well. So there's no harm in doing something a bit differently. I think it's um, it's getting to that cr- crunch point now with 14 games left to go. You know, we've got a pressure pressurised game against Morgan coming up. You know, questions need to be asked. Um, You know, we don't kind of get any answers from Steve Cottrell. The press are... Um, doing their best in in difficult circumstances but you know I've listened to both post matches this week Ollie after saying I didn't last week and I've learned nothing from Cottrell about how the hell he thinks we're going to turn this round or change it or you know stop sliding into the abyss, abyss other than hopefully we'll beat Morecambe and that'll probably you know do enough for for now so yeah it's it's a bit of a worrying time Ollie and I think it's it's only fair to kind of reflect um, the bigger bigger problems than you know Pennington making a sliding tackle off the line yeah Glenn it's it's yeah there's this little point isn't there kind of going line by line through the game like we often do <laughs> so yeah apologies to those guys who or girls who haven't gone to the game and kind of you know get a bit of insight from the game from us. We're gonna we're gonna do a bit differently. Us chatting to you wasn't a clue on WhatsApp on after the game and you're like, you're right, Ollie, like you sure you're like, you know, you sure you want to do the pod on this kind of thing? <laughs> I was like, I want to do the pod, Glenn. I just don't want to keep talking about the same problems all the time. So we're gonna talk about the same problems in a different way. So it's we're not repeating ourselves as such. We're gonna do it at a bit of a different angle. Yeah, uh, in, all, in all honesty, it 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 does feel like since Sam Ricketts walked through the door, we've had the same conversations a lot on Sunday night, Tolly, about Shrewsbury Town, and you know why is that? Is there something else in this football club's DNA at the moment that we can't shake? So um, yeah, I'd rather have a talk about that and some of the, some of the some of the wider points really. But um, we will go through each game bit by bit and just you know have a look at the team and some of the bits and bobs that have in, in, sort of in, influenced what we're going to talk about after it. But um, yeah, let's have a quick look at Wickham Wanderers, Ollie, with an emphasis on the word quick. Well by Sharps, the captain. Montrose nods it forward, up towards uh, Grendel. On the turn, it's Bevan now who takes over. Bevan shoots. Ball ricocheting around. Has it been turned in? Has Smith made the save? It's been given, has it? Goal has been given. Wickham are level. Ben Smith fully fished it out from on the line. He seemed to be wrong-footed initially. But Wickham are level and it's Ainsworth is getting the congratulations. Shoots me one, Wickham one. And Ben Smith is raging with the linesman on the steer side. Well, we can't see from here, Stuart. But to me, I looked at the linesman straight away. I looked at the linesman straight away and he was two yards off the touchline. So the first game of this week, um, not that there was a, a huge amount of football in it, um, was Shrewsbury Town away at Wickham, and it was a nil-nil. A fourth draw in a row, Ollie. Um, last time that happened was 2013, um, and I did look if we'd have drawn in the next game, which we'll talk about, you'd have had to have gone back to 2009 since we drew five in a row. So um, yeah, we did. We avoided that in, in the worst possible way. Um, just a couple of stats, really. Um, obviously, we'll talk about this game and how absolutely abject we were as an attacking force. But um, yes, we only had um, two shots in the whole game and none on target Ollie. so since we came up into League One in 2016-17 that was only the second game where we only had a total of two shots in the game which is obviously the joint worst we have never had a game where we only had one shot um, I'm sure at this current rate we might see that quite soon Ollie. but um, yeah joint worst in that period of time um, with Wimbledon away um, in 2021 when we played um, in the Covid period where there's no fans there um, and then that's only the sixth time in that entire period hundreds and hundreds of games where we've only had uh, no shots on target during 
in the game. Um, so six of those, two under Cottrell, two under Ricketts, um, and one under a couple of other managers. Um, and then, yeah, uh, the starting 11 in this game, Ollie, which we'll run into now, only five goals between them, um, obviously missing Bowman, uh, Ado, and, and Leahy as our main goal scorers. So I'm not really surprised we didn't score Ollie because there wasn't very many goals in the team. But yeah, I'll go through the team quickly. And we can discuss the, the substitutions in a minute. But um, yeah, Morosi started in goal. Pennington, Ebanks and Pierre as the centre-backs. So um, yeah, Pierre got his place back. Uh, Bennett and Nurse as the wing-backs. Um, with Ogbetter going Nurse slotting in there. And then Vela Davis, Fauna with another start in central midfield. And then, as I said, Ado and Bloxham rested. And Bowman and Janai starting. Which was probably fair enough after how poor we were the following Saturday. But, you know, after everything we've done in the transfer window and solved all our problems, Ollie, it was great to see us have a full bench again. <laughs> yeah, so Framingham was ill, Ill wasn't he? So he didn't yeah. make the bench. That's why. So we obviously we only took enough players um, to fill the bench. So can't complain too much about no. a, a gap. That's that's okay. But when you look at the bench, Ado and Bowman, okay, two main strikers. That's fine for going yep. goal. And then Bonswell, Caton, and Daniels. Um, let's be honest. It's very unlikely that Bonswell and Caton are going to come off the bench. So you know, don't we? I'm not being mean to the lads, but nope. you know, they don't come on. You know, Caton doesn't come off the bench in the league. Um, so it is feel a little bit sorry for the lad who came mm. to all these games all the time with absolutely zero chance of coming on. Yeah, it's it's bleak. It's very, very bleak. Um, and talking of bleak, this game was bleak. <laughs> we got absolutely battered, yep. didn't we? Yep, absolutely. In terms of a, if it was a boxing match, the referee would have um the probably the referee would have stopped the fight, wouldn't he? They it, yeah. had twenty six shots, we had two. You know, this is Wickham who basically just get the ball forward at every single possibility, get the ball into the danger zone. They had 62% possession. Mm. Like, I don't think Wigan, um, Wickham, sorry, very often have, you know, more than 50% possession yeah. and have more possession, more possession than the opposition. Um, it was anemic performance going forward, utterly dire. And again, senior pros um, not playing very well um, in, in an attacking sense. But there was some positive glint in terms of the, the defence and the goalkeeper. Yeah, you've got to give the goalkeeper and defence credit for, for keeping Wickham out. As I say, if you have 26 shots, it's hard to say whether defence has played really, really well or not great. But I think in this circumstance, they were let down by their colleagues in the attacking and midfield performances and the fact the ball just kept coming back to them every time they got the ball. And, you know, I, I've, got to, I've got to say, you know, we'll often talk about Wickham being the agricultural team and that's kind of their, their club's DNA. But really, we're not far off them, are we? Except we're just way less effective at it. I think we said the same thing last last time we played them, Ollie, probably a couple of years ago because they were in the Championship last year, about how oh yeah you can you can take the mick out of Wickham and being agricultural and direct and physical and but you know if we if we are doing that which we try to a lot of the time let's get up there to their levels do you know what I mean we, we can be more physical I just I don't know it's a, what we do is a halfway house it's it's like agricultural football without any kind of quality we scored 28 goals and they scored 47 yeah so exactly. it's quite it's quite this is quite a, a large much n- number greater than ours um, it's it's we've actually got a better defence record than them, which is quite funny. We've got when he conceded thirty three, yep. they conceded thirty five. Yeah, we can't really fault the defence over this last run. There's been a lot of clean sheets, and when we have lost a game, it's been by one goal. So that that is the good sign, isn't it? And Morosi had another good and you'd game. You'd say normally you'd say, well, you know, if you're not conceding a goal and defenders are doing well, are you basically then basically the defence having a lot of protection? But in this game, we conceded 26 shots, so I can't yeah. really say that was the case either. And they're incredibly wasteful, Wickham, particularly first half with with the shots they had, and and um, you know, it's, and some it's, of their shots were poor. Yes, very powder puff shots, very yeah. easy saves from Morosi. I actually saw quite a few. Wickham fans getting a bit I think they're getting a bit frustrated because they, they didn't score again on Saturday and they had something like 50 shots in the week and didn't score and I think some of the fans are getting a little bit frustrated with the kind of the one-dimensional approach that mm. they have you know, mm-hmm. we, you know we, when we played them at home we're you know we're going to give them credit they're fifth in the league table we'd love to be fifth in the league table so if, if it works and it got them into the championship and it nearly kept them in the championship as well but it's interesting, isn't it, when their own fans are starting to get a little bit frustrated. You know, if that style of football doesn't work, people get frustrated very quickly. You've seen that at West Brom, haven't you, with their managers being sacked. Yeah. If you're going to play this kind of style of football, you've got to be successful. Yeah, you have. But still, even in the even on the eye watching this game, as we did on, on iFollow, because um, yeah, it was away from home on a Tuesday, I couldn't get away. You know, it was still more pleasing in the eye to watch them have 26 shots using their style of football than it was to watch us have two. You know what I mean? And, and the two were very, you know, crap as well to be honest with you and one was one was I think it was Pennington I can't remember the other one was it it's something that we'll probably you know you won't ever remember and you know our first I think it was that 
I've, was it that Vela had her? Yeah, I think Vela had her, didn't he? That, that was it, wasn't it? But, um, you know, our first corner was on 74 minutes, Ollie. You know, that gives you a real measure of how little we got up the pitch. And I think you showed the XGs, didn't you, post-match, um, in terms of, you know, the created chances and stuff. And Wickham's was just like, you know, on the vertical heading up. And for the f- entirety of the first half, ours was just a flat line. We didn't have any shots yeah. at, at all in the first half, did we? Our XG in that game was 0.23. <laughs> And to put that into perspective, the you know the Bowman miss against Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, that shot had a an xG of zero point six on its own. So <laughs> that shot had an xG three times greater than an entire ninety five minutes of football. Yes, yeah. Oh well, I'm not really surprised. We're probably getting under zero point six for a lot of games at the moment. So um, with our combined efforts, and um, worst comes to worst, is that chance that Bowman had against Sheffield Wednesday he missed, and he hasn't been the same since either. Which is maybe something we'll we'll touch on when we're looking at the wider problems, Ollie. But um, I don't know. That, that you know, let's look at the game as an overall view, Ollie. You know, it was one of the worst performances under Steve Cottrell we've had. I personally think, which is really really odd thing to say, considering we came away from a team who were riding high in the league with a point. It was almost like a smash and grab draw do you know what I mean we we did nothing to warrant getting the draw really we should have lost um but somehow due to a bit of grit and determination we did at least get a point and I suppose you know when we look at the whole game um and let's not talk about how poor the football was in midfield and and attacking any more than we need to really um you know I suppose a point was good good considering how we played I suppose it was a good point in the context that they're fifth in the league table. Um, of our last five, they've drawn two and lost two oh, okay. and won one. So they're not on the best form. So mm. it's always a good time. You know, if you just said, you know, before the game, as you know, before the game start, whatever, you know, team in the playoffs, away from home, get a point. That's fine. And again, it's the context of the game. It was really poor. Um, but anyway, of drawing this game to a close, yeah. who was your top three in it? Top three, uh, Morosi was obviously man of the match um, because he made yeah. so many saves. Um, and ironically, uh, I suppose not ironically, I'm not sure whether that's the right use of that word, but um, oddly, I suppose, he won man of the match without pretty much keeping any of his goal kicks in play. His kick him was absolutely shocking during this game, but he was still a clear man of the match in my view um, I yeah. gave Pierre um, second place um, because he'd just been come back in the team I thought he was reasonably consistent and I say the defence did well and, and Pennington third place I think he made a, a good couple of sliding tackles to stop goals so um, yeah th- those were my top three um, I was just going to before I get to yours I was baffled with Radio Shropshire as I haven't watched the game and listened to it um, they gave Nurse man of the match who I thought was woeful and actually got dug out at half time by Dave Longwell coming on the pitch telling him to be a bit stronger so um, yeah I thought that was a bit of an odd one for man of the match personally yeah, the less to say about that, the better, I think. Um, in terms of um, top three, um, I went for Morosi first, um, Pennington second, and Pierre yep. third. Yep. Pierre was good to see him come back in. I don't know if he was rested against Plymouth. Um, obviously, he hadn't played for a while. But yeah, backline did well. Ebanks did had a good game as well. Um, Bennett yep. did all right as well. Midfield yep. three, shocking. Awful. Strikers, bless them, little kids. I don't want to... I really don't want to dig out little uh, young kids because it's just not fair. Um, no, no, it's just not fair. Um, no. So yeah, it was difficult. What did Cottrell say? It's a difficult game when you come here. Stu Dunn said good saves to Morosi, and he had some good defending. And Stu Dunn, uh, Stu Steve Cottrell was very spiky. He said that's what they're paid to do. Well, you're paid to be a football manager, mate, and um, yeah, try and create a bit of prog- progress. So let's yeah. not talk about that. A um, couple of chances said, but not enough. Um, we don't take our chances, which. Is just again, just sometimes you think, is the manager saying stuff for the thousands of fans that didn't make the away trip and can maybe think he can kind of pull the wool over their eyes? I don't know, but yeah, he's just chatting shit at the moment, isn't he, to be honest? Yeah, I mean, but I've said I listened to both from this week and didn't learn a very great deal about what our problems are, how they can be fixed, other than when we get to the second game, we can't buy strikers. So, um, yeah, we'll maybe we'll talk about Cottrell in, in, in a bit more detail, I suppose, because we've got some questions, haven't we, later on. But um, the, the only other thing really to come out this game before we move on, and as I say, this is the ultimate nil-nil draw. We are not spending more than 10 minutes talking about this game, Ollie. We were shocking. Um, was, once again, we were involved in handbags. Now, you know, I don't mind players showing a bit of fight and, and spirit. I've always kind of admired that, um, and it's kind of a Shrewsbury thing, isn't it? We we kind of back our back our fans. I think we are carrying a little hangover from what happened against Gillingham, Molly, with the red cards and the fighting and stuff. Because there's been a couple of incidents where there's been very minor handbags in games, which normally would have just sort of been waved away by the referee or 
It wasn't even a book in this this game, I don't think, if I can remember rightly. Um, and it got referred to the FA for not controlling our players again. So, and and again in the game on Saturday, which we'll come to in a minute, there was a little uh, sp- sort of spat of handbags. We might get referenced again for that. But I, I think a little bit that referees are kind of aware that we've had a few incidents earlier in the season, and maybe you know we're getting referred to the FA a little bit quicker than maybe we would normally because the one against Wickham was really odd to, to have that referred. I don't really understand this, to be honest. Like, yeah. For, if you know, if we, if we, you know, if it's a red card or whatever in a game, and we we will discuss it, and you know, Wally dies, whatever, we'll be quite honest and mm. fair. I think I don't really understand why we're being digged out on these things. Like um, the one against um, the Fleetwood one was odd. It was nothing really happened. Um, yeah, and this one was just yeah, it's just very strange. I'm not sure really sure why they're doing it. Are they trying to just get some money in their coffers again? I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure. It's a bit strange. Probably trying to pay the legal fees for their tr- troubles with Derby County or something in the EFL. But um, you know, I I personally think we've got a bit of a reputation, and um, I don't know. Are we fighting the right battles at the right times? You know, are we needing to get involved in these handbags? Can we not just focus on trying to win games of football at the moment? Because um, it's all well and good sort of you know buffeting other players around when you're you know, when you're swaggering around a pitch one one two nil up, but it looks a bit desperate when you're one nil down or struggling to, to have a shot on target so um, it'll be interesting what happens but um, it's unfortunate because it's probably going to cost us another five grand so um, it's not exactly like we've got loads of money sloshing around on the basis of the transfer window Ollie so um, we'll have to see how that one goes and we'll have to see if we got reported against Plymouth as well really but um, not not the best really um, that's it Ollie what a, what a shocking game mate <laughs> yeah absolutely shocking let's move on <laughs> Harry Jinks good ball across Beautiful goal from Steve Andrews. Rob beating all hands down. A superb crossing by Curry. Plymouth Argyle 1, Shrewsbury Town 0. Um, again, we, as we said at the start, blanks um, in this game. Very binary football at the moment. Um, so stats um, after this loss, that's eight points back on where we were last season with just 14 games to go. So yeah, we're not really making progress, are we? Nope. In terms of, yeah, it's seven without a win in the league now, which is pretty dire. Um, and uh, since Boxing Day, we've scored just four goals in ten games, which is truly woeful stat. Uh, and then, yeah, um, yeah, and, and the Fleetwood stat, Glenn. Yeah, so uh, I, there is the counterpoint, like we just talked about, the, the sort of the quickly talking about Wickham, the difference between attacking and defending, isn't there? Is um, yeah, since Fleetwood as well, we have only conceded four goals in nine league games. So that's kind of the counterpoint, isn't it, to the fact that the defence are having a good period and they're being let down by our, our shocking shocking attacking play really so um, yeah it's a bit of a bit of a mixed bag really in attacking and defending at the moment but um, yeah that's the counterpoint I suppose yeah like you kind of like you normally say yeah but that's because you're not conceding chances but obviously we conceded 26 shots against Wickham yep. so it's just yeah we're, we're, we've been lucky I think to not, not concede a few goals we could easily True. have conceded three or four against Wickham I don't think yeah. that would be unfair to say Team selection, um, very similar team, um, but a couple of surprises. One surprise in particular. Um, so, yeah, I was surprised that Pierre was dropped out and Nurse went to, to left um, centre-back um, with Ebanks and Pennington. Bennett was the other wing-back. Vela, Davis and Fournau midfield with um, Daniels playing left wing-back, which was an experiment, um, and Ado and um, Bowman up front. Um, what was your kind of view, view on Daniels? I feel sorry for the lad. He's been out injured. He comes back, and he again he's been been experimented as a as a wing back. I was hoping we were going to go four three three, and he Me was too. going to play as an inside forward on the left hand side. That was yeah. what I was hoping for, and with Nurse and, and Bennett as fullbacks, um, and then the, the kind of making a bit of midfield three. I thought that would have been a nice balance to the team, and yeah, Ado could play a little bit deeper and. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a real shame we didn't go for that, I don't think. I think. Isn't it frustrating this week that we haven't gone for that at any point in these two games? I think maybe we did go for it at the end of this game, right near the end. But we obviously finished that Fleetwood game a little bit better, didn't we, by changing that tactic at home um, at half-time. We were obviously really poor against Fleetwood first half, changed the tactic and put um, three lads on, obviously brought Janai on and then um, Bowman and Ado, wasn't it, on the, on, the, on the other three strikers. And we looked much better in that game. We actually created a couple of chances and looked a bit more dynamic. Clearly... Clearly, Steve Cottrell sets us up in exactly the same manner that Sam Ricketts did. They are the same when we're away from home against teams who were were considered to be better than us. We set ourselves up not to lose. We rarely go and approach a game of football looking to win it, do we? And, and, you know, again, I don't want to go into that too much detail because it aggravates me and we'll talk about it in a minute. But that's how we set up. And so, yeah, as much as we might want him to play that tactic, Ollie, he clearly is never going to do it in in, in these games. He rarely does it at home against poor teams. So um, it is a shame. I'd like to see it, but I I can't see us doing it. I think much. you're right to talk about tactics rather than formations. Yes, I think that's really important. Yeah, you could play, 
you could technically play, you know, you know, I don't know, you could technically play, you know, three, three, five, two, whatever you call call it, but you could have five number tens in midfield. Yep. And that'd yep. be quite an attacking way we of might playing. Do that. Um it's 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 a very, very defensive approach um that we're we're yeah. seeing here. Um and a team that because we just don't have any attacking players. Um, we don't have talent going forward, and those players that were in form in Chris- uh, before Christmas are woefully out of form now, and that means you have another game where you don't score. Um, and I think it's fair to say that, well, it just says a lot, doesn't it, Glenn? That Pennington had fifty percent of our shots on target, <laughs> or shots in total in this game, and it was from set pieces. Well, thank God he He's had some. Defender, yeah. Yeah, he had some. It was good that we're having getting you know headers on on target from a from a, from corners because it is hard to call from corners. Um, but it was a very very a very poor game. Um, I think it's fair to say that Vela's gone off form at the moment. Davis is not the same player that he was when he came back from 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 injury. Um, we've had sorry suspension. Bowman, man, what has happened to Bowman? He is just completely out of form on a dove as well. And you were listening to um to you listening to the the BBC Shropshire feed, Glenn. What did what did they have to say about um this game and the players? <sighs> they weren't very positive. Well, they tried, you know, obviously the radio is trying to be positive because it's got listeners who can't quite see the game. To me, you know, watching it, we were we were much worse than it sounded coming across on the radio, and that's no criticism, but you know, it's it's different, isn't it, when you're watching it yourself to, to kind of being told what's happening. It's always um, interesting when you're watching yeah. the game listening to the radio. Yeah. But to me, we had a good five minutes at the start of this game, a good five minutes at the end of this game, and everything in between was thoroughly depressing to watch, Ollie. Um obviously you watched it as well. Um I it was a, it was a shocking game again, very similar to Wickham. Um, we created slightly more chances, but you know, very emphasis on the word slightly there. And I I, I think this is the point, Ollie. I want to I want to ask you some questions here, right? Because you know, we're looking at this team selection in front of us before we go through just a few more of the bits and bobs that happened in this game. Um, you know, let's talk players, Ollie. You know, we are sliding back down towards trouble, and and even if we aren't, we've got thirty three points from from you know more games than we played than points we've earned. This season has been poor so far. Good cup run, Liverpool. Yep, that was fun, but. You, you look at Vela, Davis and Thorner at Fauna, right, as a start. And starting three midfielders here. And and let's let's start talking about some of them in, in detail. Vela, in my view, hasn't been the same since the transfer window and talking about being in the shop window at Liverpool. Has he put in, Ollie, in your view, a what you would expect to be a standard Vela seven or eight out of ten performance since we played Liverpool, in your view? No. No not at all. He he's, hasn't. His his performances have really dropped off. He's he's still kind of work rate and effort seems to be there effort in terms of physical effort. Yep. But his quality on the ball has completely disappeared, and and that's the same as of a number of players. Yeah, and so Davis is another one we can talk about. You know, for me, I don't feel like his form's dropped off for maybe the same reasons. Obviously, he isn't looking at maybe a move or something like that. But he's got a different know, role. He's got defensively. He's still putting in decent shifts. Yeah, but to me, it's his physicality and the fact he's been run to the bone in the last few weeks without a single break. Um, and and his age, he's clearly been laboured towards the end of games I think he struggles um, in those in those periods I don't think that's another thing to, to say and then you throw Fauna in there who probably had his best game in this one that's not saying too much because he's only played a couple of games um, but you know still just looks quite a way off being a starting league one midfielder he, he looks like he might have a few of the attributes to get there but again throwing him into the mix away at Plymouth um, it's, a, it's a tough gig for him and then you've got Daniels um, at left wing back again I feel really sorry for him we talked about this last week Ollie, or a couple of weeks ago when he, when he got another chance at right wing back he's not right he's not right wing back he's not a left wing back he's a he's a midfielder he's a winger in in you know in this game he you know you might have thought we could use his attacking attributes ollie but he spent most of the game on the edge of his own box didn't he it's not it's not like he gets the chance to run forward with the ball it's not his, his we've talked <laughs> i've talked about daniel's fair yep, bit of an eye. Yep. it's not his i don't think it's his natural game i don't think he's quite ready to to play this level this moment in time he's he's a he's a, a round peg in, in a square hole at the moment um, and i do feel sorry for him because i'd love to see him mm. get a chance I don't know. Maybe in League Two, go to somewhere like I don't know, a team like Newport, or somewhere like that, a team that you know play positive football and see what you could do um, with in, in a team like that. Um, you know, he's not gonna. He, he works hard. He's you know, he looks seems like a great professional. Um, I just, I just feel sorry for the lad, to be honest. Yeah, and 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 as we're talking about players, you know, let's let's have our, our discussion. Doan Bowman, you, you mentioned Bowman and what's gone on, and I, I've said many times in the last few weeks that he hasn't been the same since he missed that glorious chance against Sheffield Wednesday, has he? And you know, you're playing a guy out week in week out who had the heart problems. You know, we don't know whether there's a lingering worry for him on that. And Ado's form since he's gone back up front, right up front, he's gone to being just as bad as he was when he was playing right up front last season. If he's not in a deeper role, he offers us very little. 
in my view still. Um, and our thoughts and concerns about him as a League One striker uh, are completely valid. He's a better, slightly attacking midfield forward rather than a, than a direct front man in my view. And so with them dropping right off, um, it's no wonder that what's happening at the moment is happening. They just simply can't get a, a partnership can't I mean, we talked about partnership didn't we? that's the worrying thing is that even the little burgeoning partnership we thought they had is completely dissipated ollie yeah they, they don't seem to be working as a team no, but they're no. not their service to they get to them is really poor it's strikers and, and attacking play is always interesting it's people say we're not scoring goals we need better strikers are they playing well at the moment no they're not bowman in particular seems shocking really have lost his confidence yep they're not getting that much service either um but yeah, it it is really poor, um, very very poor at the moment. It's it was just watching the game was just so frustrating because we just didn't like we we're ever going to score. No, nope. I mean in this game we had an xG of of zero point eight three, which is better, um, but still not great. Um, and in a game that you know Plymouth weren't great, you know you know just shows you how you know they're doing okay this season. Just shows you that you know you know you and that's the frustrating thing. That's what we're going back to early, Glenn. Transfer window trying to sign some players. You know, we're not million miles away from you know having a fairly decent side. That I don't think it's it's much is missing. It's just a couple of players, and we just don't have them. And yeah, it's it's frustrating. In this game, you know, again we had less than half percent, fifty percent possession, six shots on target, but. Yeah, they weren't great chances, were they? Going nah. half of them, as we said, were from Pennington from corners. Yeah, the corners and set pieces looked like our best bet, didn't it, on the day? To be honest with you, we didn't quite manage to get it over the line. They had fourteen shots to our six, so obviously doubled our amounts of shots and doubled the shots on target as well. So it shows you, as an attacking unit, they were better. They had a couple of quite good good forward players, I thought, and um, we would walk into our team whose name their name escapes me now. I haven't watched it, um, but yeah, I thought they were definitely not at their best, but were still good enough at, at sort of third gear to to beat us and 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 hang on to a, to a what they would have considered to be a gritty victory saw a lot of praise again from their fans and their press about how good our defence was and I think again completely fair we only conceded the one goal um, and it was a bit of a, a bit of a rocket wasn't it so um, yeah I, I don't know what, what else can you say I think it was interesting listening to the radio Ollie that Nick Southall was talking and I hadn't really heard anyone be this hard on the players talking about them hiding a little bit um, which is is a, is, a, is a phrase that comes along during these bad runs but I, I couldn't understand why he said it Ollie because you know Especially those front six that we talked about. If you throw Daniels in there as a maybe attacking player, there was definitely seemed an element of hiding. A Bowman and a Doe didn't make the right one runs. They they stood by their men. They didn't get enough space when crosses were coming in. And we can talk about crossing in a minute, Ollie, because I know you've got a stat. You know, there's no one there trying to bully their way to the ball or find a bit of space. It was all just. I don't know. Just that that phrase "hiding" is kind of you know you know anyone that's kind of played football kind of knows what what hiding means. You know you're not kind of finding that space. You're just going through the motions a little bit easy, and there's no no kind of creativity then, is there? So um, I can understand why Nick said no it. No one takes responsibility for exactly. their perform the performance at the moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah, crossing. It was I was tracking it through the game. Like you know, it's nice like to look at sofa score to look at a couple of numbers. And, it, and in the end, you put in agenda. We had nine percent um, crossing accuracy because I, I put that. And that's because you you remembered me saying it on Twitter. Yeah. I actually fell to eight. <laughs> now, Glenn, if you're in your kitchen and you're making a cup of tea um, in the day, um, and you go to turn around and look at the bin, um, and the bin's closed, <laughs> would you still throw the tea bag at the bin? I don't drink tea. Because that's what it feels like we're doing when it comes to attacking. We like. Think well, I'm just going to cross it because that's done my job. Yes, I get the sense that they're told get the ball to line. You have to cross it, and we're crossing no it. Oh, virtually yeah. invariably, as we said, eight percent. So ninety ninety two percent of the time in this game, it going to the opposition. Awful. Yeah, it's just giving the ball back straight away, and 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 then they can break on us, and and that's when we look vulnerable. And yeah, that you know the crossing when you watch it doesn't look crafted. It doesn't look like someone's picked their head up and is picking a player. You know that that sort of thing. It's someone's getting to the byline or five ten yards from the byline, and they've got an area to hit. Hit that area. Hit that area. But the problem is Bowman and Ado are just asleep or, or not really concentrating or not making the runs that Cottrell wants, and they're not in those areas. Then you know that's why we're not connecting with a lot of the crosses. It's it's everything, isn't it? It's oh, like yeah. I don't like crossing for the sake of it. There's no point. Um, but then, yeah, it's 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 all a bit desperate. Our attack and play at the moment. Um, so a long ball. Yeah, yeah. Again, who? Yes, let's let's close this one and move on to the bigger well, topics. What just what we do, Ollie. I would and, just say the goal. We should just quickly talk about that because you know we've been praising the defence, but you know in this one moment it was really poor, wasn't it? They cut us to pieces, uh, cut back across the box, and and Flanagan had just come on. I wondered whether him coming on had unsettled our back three because obviously they'd never played with a bloke before, so maybe there was a little element of that. But um, yeah, all the room in the world for the striker to score, and um, yeah, it was a even Cotter admitted at the end it was a terrible goal to concede, didn't he? It was a terrible, terrible goal to go. Yeah, I wanted to move on so fast. We hadn't even just talked about that. Um, apologies. Um, yeah, it's basically a cross into the box, wasn't it? Um, like kind of cut yeah. back from them. 
Um, and like he was kind of into kind of like a bit like no man's land, but Vela didn't really kind of try to win the ball. He just kind of let it go. And then basically it was just time and space and for the middle fielder to come running in and, and smash into the back of the net. A really, really poor goal to concede. Um, very poor, really, yeah. from what else to say. We might call this podcast poor the way it's going on. Uh, one thing I would say is there's been a few times recently in games where midfielders have found that space in the edge of the box to have a shot and Morosi's bailed them out. And they're just, you know, again, symptomatic of how poor we're playing is that sometimes the defence will get caught too deep and the midfield haven't run run with their trackers. There's been a few incidents we've talked about in the last few weeks like that. So it's, it's easy enough to blame the defence. They did get ripped apart. But, you know, where's Davis? Where's Vela? Where, where was Fauna in that situation? Because he was just running in completely away from any midfielder and clearly he was one of their men. So you know, again, uh, you know the defence are doing well on the basis that they aren't getting too much protection at times. So um, I'm, I'm willing to throw them a bone for the one goal. Um, but yeah, not not good as as we said, Ollie. But yeah, yeah. we don't want to pick too many bones out no, of it. It's, no. It was a, a poor goal too. It wasn't like it wasn't a, it was unfortunate, wasn't it? And it was a good strike. Um, unusual. One of those kind of things. Yeah, that, unusual. Yeah, for us. I think you know if that happened often in the game, you know it would. It's, it probably rarely would actually. You know, in terms of an xG shot, it's a very low percentage shot from that distance out. I think. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No, oh, where now? <laughs> Man of the match, Ollie. Um, I vote for Brosi <laughs> for the second game in a row. Um, he might win. He might, might win player of the season if we do another thirteen games playing like this. Um, but yeah, just good. Made good saves at good times. Um, kept kept them down just to the one from the fourteen shots they had. Um, obviously only four on target, so he didn't have too much work to do. But his kicking was better. I thought he was better in his area controlling it than he was against Wickham. And I just thought overall, really, he was probably the one that was the biggest um, reason we kept the score down. But I then gave Pennington second place for a similar reason. He at one point he made a really really good sliding tackle that stopped a certain goal Ollie which was which was actually really good defending it was really good because he should have scored an own goal there and he just did well enough not to so Penno second that was a fantastic Brilliant. bit of play yeah. like that was unbelievable really bit good. of defending yeah. and then Fauna I give Fauna third uh, only because I, I was quite critical at the last game but I did see a little bit in this game particularly in those kind of opening 20 minutes where he started to show that he might be able to get up to the level we need him within the next three or four games. Really quick on the ball, a couple of nice little first touches. Um, passing was decent during that spell, so he wasn't. No one else was particularly outstanding to me in this game. The defense were okay, like, but I just wanted to give Fauna a little bit of something and a bit of praise for the for the negativity against um, Wickham because I thought he did have a good spell. He got subbed off again, but um, yeah, I think that's more to do with the fact he's a young lad and he just can't last the night. Nice stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. Um, and I went for Morosi, Bennett, E. Banks. Yep. Defenders all the so way at the moment. Did, yeah, there's a lot of bot. We're going to be catching up those midfielders. So what did Kodra have to say? We made a stake in the goal. We can't afford to make the game a free shot. Um, yeah, he talked about the issues, putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, we've said we're creating enough chances, enough goal, enough goals are kind of whizzing across the box. <sighs> Come and he on. says, you know, we have created chances. I mean, then he did admit half chances. Um, and then he's, and then it's, yeah, it's, it's, it was a, yeah, it was very strange. I think you actually heard more of this, Glenn, because, only two minutes were on the, on iFollow, and I just couldn't be bothered to listen to BBC Shropshire, to be fair, after this performance. I suspect it's because it got a little tense, or maybe, uh, we don't know from listening on Radio Shropshire, because it got a little bit like you could physically hear the eyeballs. Because Dunny, to be fair to him, started to sound like he was asking a question about a bad run. And it all, there was like an awkward kind of pause moment where Cottrell kind of muttered something and then Dunny turned it into a question about a lack of goal scoring. So it was it almost felt a little bit eggy and I wonder whether they didn't put that out on the Shoeshootown website because maybe there was a kind of furious face from Cottrell that they didn't want the fans to see or something. Who knows? Do you want, the, do you want the people to see the video? <laughs> I mean, it's not. we're not surprised that he's returned to maybe being a bit spiky this week with, with not winning again. But, um, you know, it was going to happen at some point with, with this run, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it was a very odd question because it ended up being like, oh, we're not scoring goals, you know, talking about those stats we talked about there about the lack of goals since we beat Fleetwood on Boxing Day um, and Cottrell's answer to that was nothing to do with we need to coach players better we need to work better angles we need to make sure the front two are contributing more we need to support the front two we need to play an attacking midfielder I can think of a hundred reasons as to how we could probably score more goals um, and I'm not a football manager his answer actually to this question Ollie which was staggering considering what's going on was you buy goals and we can't afford to do that as a football club. I mean, I, I, I almost thought... Let's come back I, to that. We'll come back to the money thing, I think. We'll come back to that in, in the kind of the bigger bigger, bigger topic about attacking play. But it is very, very odd. And, you know, we haven't won in eight games, Glenn. Yeah. And in those eight games, we've scored three goals now. It's awful. Yeah, four. Four in nine. Yeah. 
Terrible, terrible. And, and, you know, to say that isn't exactly what fans don't really want to hear, is it? You know, oh, I'm here, I'm trying my best, but it's, you know, it's your football club that can't afford the players I want, clearly, from the last two transfer windows. I'm getting a bit tired of that attitude from him at times. Um, And I can't imagine Brian and Roland are overly happy about comments like this. I mean, I'm sure it isn't a big deal and these things happen in football and we'll play it up to be a bigger thing than it is because um, we're fans and we'll talk about it, that, that sort of thing. But, you know, I can't imagine they'd be overly happy to hear that he's, he's talking about us not being able to buy players. And I think that's total crap, you know. You look at the teams below us, every single one of them pretty much, even the ones abjectly rooted to the bottom, have scored more goals than us this season. You know, you're telling me Crew got more money than me, you're telling me Accrington have, you know, Cambridge, have they bollocks? You know, they just go out and get the right players. They're not aiming to buy, you know, championship ready strikers like Keith Burt seems to maybe be looking at all the time. We joked about that the other week. Uh, you know, they're going and getting realistic targets they can bring on and then they're coaching them to be better. And clearly, we, we brought Ryan Bowman in, who was a natural goal scorer at his old club. He's got nine goals so far, but. Uh, he wasn't a natural goal scorer. His, 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 his goal ratio was poor. Yeah. But- it has got probably probably got worse. It wasn't oh, great worse in now, yeah. two, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not great. So <sighs> yeah, very scary. So yeah, interesting. The video was not shared. You know, I imagine it would have been a um, an awkward viewing. Mm. At least we keep on top of these things, Ollie. We we inform people what's being cut. Um, there we go. Anyway, post match on Radio Shops, Ollie. It was massively scathing. Every text was negative. Lots of uh, comments about Cottrell. No, no Cottrell out stuff. Um, because we are still five points above relegation. But you know, tense and tension and anger and um, frustration at what's been going on since Christmas and completely valid as far as I'm concerned the only thing that saved him a bigger battering I think is that Wichelt Childport won this um, was it FA Trophy or something like that and they're, they're like two games from Wembley now and it was all it was all that on Radio Shop which was good to hear but um, it did it did definitely uh, save him from a, a massive battering on the post-match I think so um, yeah there it's, we go well, if no one phones up they're not uh, they, they, they had but... a few callers to be fair and, and a few texts but okay. um, yeah they kept they kept going to the Wichelt Childport stuff which was fair enough it was a big day for them so yeah there we go that was it another, another poor game um, and yeah let Let's dig in, Ollie, to what the hell's going on here. In front of thousands of their fans at this end of Wembley. It's ball! Henderson comes up with the goods for Shrewsbury Town! So, Ollie, um, what's going... Is this section what's going wrong? Or <laughs> how are we going to get out of trouble? Or um, should we be more worried than we are? I don't know. We'll, we'll, think of, uh, we'll think of a good name for it or something. But, yes, what is going on at the moment? I mean... We've talked there about the two goals. We've tried to stave off this conversation a bit more um, in depth, really, than when we're going to do now. But goal scoring is our major issue, isn't it? Let's let's be brutally honest about it. Um, we do not score enough goals to win enough games to you know do anything other than survive at this level for a number of seasons. And this isn't really a Steve Cottrell specific issue that we can probably talk about, Ollie. It's a it's a football club issue. It's a three three and a half year issue, isn't it? It's it's where it's since you know Hurst left. Um, you know, you've talked about our goal scoring, Ollie. You've you've talked this season about 0.875 goals per game. You know, less than a goal a game. Um, and again, that number's heading down. This season's the equal worst for goals scored after 32 games. And you know, we sat here, you know, two years ago, and we talked about Ricketts ball, Ollie. Um, and we coined the phrase. You coined the phrase. I'll give you the credit about how poor of a style of football that was to watch and how unentertaining it was to watch. Well, after 32 games of that COVID season where we never went to it, and that was the peak Ricketts ball. We we'd scored the same amount of goals now as as we did then after thirty two games. So you know there's no there's no progress, Ollie, in terms of goal scoring at all in the last year basically. Um, and to to do peak Ricketts ball comparisons is completely fair. You know the COVID season. Um, we were basically either scoring one goal or not scoring all in in eighty seven percent of games. Um, this season we've we've not scored a goal or only scored one goal in eighty three or eighty four percent basically. So again, really really good comparisons to those issues we were talking about last year. Um, and in terms of in terms of longer term trends on goal scoring, Ollie, since Sam Ricketts joined the club, um, we've played one hundred thirty eight league games, um, and in just fourteen percent, Ollie, of those games we've scored more than one goal. 14% of 138 games we've scored more than one goal. I repeat that because it is a staggeringly bad statistic. Um, and almost as bad, in those 138 games, a third of them, 33.3%, we haven't scored a goal. So, you know, this problem we're talking about now, Ollie, we've talked about it in those two games, goal scoring, goal scoring, goal scoring. It is a persistent issue at this football club for three seasons. Can you put your finger on why that is and how we could ever possibly change that? Well, it seems almost me to coin a new phrase and call it Cottrell ball. And oh, Cottrell ball. ball is even worse <laughs> than than Ricketts ball. It mm, is comparable. dire. So, like, to think the 33, to put that 33 into perspective, because the percentage, you know, you, put, you buy, what was it? You buy, you know, you buy a season ticket, you buy 23 games 
for your season ticket at home, yeah. and that means in those in the, of those games, you're not going to see a, a goal in in nearly eight, seven, or eight games. <laughs> seven or eight games is a chance you're not going to see an even goal, not even to see a goal. Sorry, let alone win or, or anything else. It's yep. it is dire. We are so poor at going forward and scoring goals. And that's why it's so frustrating. There was a, a lot of anger on social media, on Twitter. I don't go on Facebook anymore, but on Twitter, which is normally a bit calmer and a bit more measured, fans mm. were fuming because it's three and a half years of, you know, Ricketts ball style football not being able to score. And it's it's just mind-boggling that we're in this situation time and time and time after again. And, you know, we were hoping, weren't we, and praying every week before the January transfer window, that we're going to fix this issue. We're going to sign some more attacking players. Yep. And here we are, Glenn. And in the last in the last eight league games, we have scored zero point two five goals per game. Yeah, awful. It is. Um, it's just you can't even explain it. The, <laughs> the amount of minutes that we are playing and not scoring a goal. We had one hundred eighty minutes plus injury time this week, and we didn't score. It is, and we went ten percent of the season at the start of the season without scoring a goal. Yep, it is just mind-boggling how fucking awful we are at going forward, and the fact that the manager has fucked up another window. <laughs> yeah, absolutely and it, garbage. And we're worse. We're worse after this window. I mean, we're probably going at what every a goal every hundred minutes of football this season, probably something like that. Do you know what I mean? And and you know, Ricketts ball and Cottrell ball is is fair enough. This same thing happened under Askey. The 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 percentages were not vastly different, and it it, it is just a. We should also almost call it post Hurst ball um, because it it isn't even comparable to the period before Hurst. You know, under Mellon, under Her- under Turner in League One, yeah, we were crap at times. We obviously got relegated. It was worse, but we actually were slightly more entertaining to watch in terms of chances being created, goals being scored, um, and you know, and and you know, the the sort of attacking output we played with wingers under under Turner, didn't we? You know, we it was a, it was a different setup, but. Since Hurst, we've consistently played this defensive-minded... I know you don't think it's a tactic thing because the five at the back can be attacking, and I agree with you there, but we don't play like that. That's not Shrewsbury Town Ball. So I'd start... Yeah, it's a re- it's, it's, I, was, yeah I don't want to talk... The formations and stuff is irrelevant. Yeah. We don't have enough yeah. attacking players on the pitch. No. And then people... Will, let's talk about money. So people... You know, often people say Shrewsbury Town needs to spend more money. I don't think that's the problem. I'm reliably informed that our budget is mid-table-ish. You know, yep. Obviously, there's a lot of big teams in this division, so it's going to skew it. But yep. I'm being reliably informed that Gillingham have got a really small budget, and you know, there's no way you're telling me, Glenn, that Accrington Stanley have a no bigger chance. budget than us. Yep. Plus, you know, Wickham Wickham had three thousand four hundred fans there on Tuesday night. Yeah, they got the champ, the championship money, but let's just put this put some. So Morecambe have scored. We scored thirty three goals so far this season, Glenn. Sorry, no, we scored we scored twenty eight goals this season. Sorry. And then you've got the situation where you've got Morecambe have scored 43. You've got Fleetwood have scored 44. ASU London yep. have scored 37. Cheltenham have scored 38. And Cambridge have scored 40. You're not telling me Cheltenham and Cambridge United have a bigger budget than Shrewsbury Town. We've been in, the, in this division for years and years and years. And we have 6,500 fans every week. I, I'm not, Ollie, And it is patently not true uh, at the end of the day. It's an easy Brian's... thing to think, isn't it? You think, you know, yeah. football club, money, football, whatever, and you spend more money. Are we spending loads of money on a couple of players? Maybe that's one of the problems. That we he's, he's spent all of his, you know, he, put, he spent all his chips on, on a couple of individuals. Maybe that's yeah. the problem, that our, our wage budget distribution is, is really poor. Again, that's the manager's fault. But it's it's... It's just I just can't I still can't believe you know we we went through into Christmas and we were we obviously we'll talk about the games and Ado was basically save Cottrell you know kind of his job probably you know in terms of the results that we had you know we had an amazing December we picked a load of points and everyone was kind of on this kind of crest of a wave the January transfer window was like a punch to the kidneys and now we're lying on the floor you know trying to get our, our, our breath back we are in a dire strait and you know we it's. I just don't understand, Glenn, how we can how we can have another transfer window when we haven't signed attacking players. Crazy. We strengthen a defence, and we've got let go one of our best attacking players and replaced oh, him. With, and no offence to the kid, we've we've replaced him with a kid from Newcastle, and we know what Cottrell thinks about young loan players. Most of them don't play. Never and, play. and what's the yeah. what? So what am I alluding to here? What are we missing? No, oh, yeah, we've got less less players that we can rely on than we did beforehand. It, you know, yeah, we haven't got a better. A better was a threat. 
Yes. Yeah, he was a threat. And another interesting thing about Ogbetta, and people go, oh, yeah, he didn't do, you know, he only had like one assist and all this kind of stuff. Teams double marked him. Yep. He was a threat. You know, football is obviously all about creating space and overloads. Teams often doubled up on Ogbetta because they knew he was a big threat. He created space for other players, and now he's gone. It's harder for us to score. Mm. And gone in a way where we couldn't, you know, do better than a Bondswell to replace him, which has left us even more abject. I mean, I'm going to do it on Monday. I'm going to look at what this season was like. Because you've got to remember, Ogbetta got drummed out of the team at the start of the season um, because of the whole potentially issues to do with their agent and trying to get this Swansea move or another move over, over Christmas. That's kind of the rumour, isn't it, behind why he didn't start the season considering he was one of our best players. Um, when he came back into the team, we, we slowly picked up. He was part of the better run this season, wasn't he? And as soon as he's left the football club at the end of January, we've, we've had another couple of shockers. Yeah, he was part of a, a couple of poor performances before he left, but um, maybe the writing was on the wall there. But if you looked at our win percentage with Ogbetta this season and our win percentage without him, I almost certainly say it would be in the favour of Ogbetta. Now, I'm not saying that we're a one-man team because of that. It's more about team balance, isn't it? You know, Without a natural attacking left wing-back to support the work that Bennett's doing on the other side, we become very, very lopsided. And it's been apparent in the two games this week. Doesn't work when Nurse is there. He's too defensive-minded and doesn't quite get forward quite as much. And he doesn't give you that good balance. He just does defensively, but not in attacking. And, and Daniels doesn't really know what to do at the moment. And so we've well, lost I think, the balance. I think, the, I think that's a bit harsh on Nurse. Uh, he hasn't really had that many games. And our strikers are not holding the ball up. And our midfielders are not creating anything. So I think we should hold fire a little bit and, and kind of uh, kind of write a nurse off at wing back. I understand what you're saying, Glenn. What we've seen in there hasn't been good, but I think he needs a mm. bit longer. Um, and yeah, it's and yeah, it's it's our attacking players poor. We don't have enough attacking midfielders. Like we don't have any number tens. We should have at least one or two, at least two really ideally in the squad who can play there. We basically play at the moment. We play with a defensive midfielder, three ten three. Um, central defenders and two defensive wing-backs with strikers that can't hold up the ball. It's just a recipe f- for disaster. Um, it's, it is, it's a shambles. And, um, Why is someone yeah, not asking the, the control these questions? Well, I'd love to know what, what is happening, you know, when after a game, um, especially an away game. So let's just think, let's just talk about our away form, Glenn. We've played 17 away games. We, we've drawn six. Ain't too bad, I guess. We have yeah. won one, and we have scored <laughs> ten goals away from home, which is the joint worst with Doncaster. And you only have to look at mm. Doncaster's um, fans and how they feel. They they think that their team is an absolute shambles at the moment, but we are matching them in terms of goal output. Like going to, I can't, but like I, I put it on Twitter. Um, going to an away game at the moment is Hard. you can only be doing it to spend time with your friends. Yeah. You're not going for the football, are you? Let's be honest. Yeah, but you, you know, football's a journey, isn't it? We, I, I, yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. But you're not yeah. going there to be entertained, are you? You're not going oh, there. No, no. You know, in the her season, you went. To, we went to virtually every game that season because you just yep. couldn't. You had the fear of missing out. Yeah, I do not yeah. have the fear of missing out going to a Shrewsbury game at the moment. Like, I was, it was bad enough watching them from home this week. Let alone We've got, traveling all the way there. Yeah. We've got a core, haven't we? Of 300, or it was only yeah. 280 at Plymouth. You know, that is the, the guys who, and I doff my cap to them, you know, and I have been that yeah. guy at certain times in my life, even watching crap teams. I didn't miss a game pretty much the entire relegation season to the conference, you know, and I stuck at it because that's what I love. I love my football team, and I didn't yeah. have as many priorities, family, work commitments as I do now. So I try my best to kind of watch every game as I can on, on iFollow or something and get to as many other games. I'll be at Burton in a couple of weeks, but, you know, I would normally drag my kids to London to watch us at Charlton do you know what I mean and um, there's a side of me that thinks it's it's really tough to justify spending 300 going, quid yeah. <laughs> at the moment on watching this team going back to your question going back to your question the reason I brought up away games so you're you're um, the chairman you're you're the CEO not yet Ali and you're <laughs> you know, you're at an away game and we haven't won again and you haven't scored again why are they you know we, we know that the chairman loves to talk to the manager after the game it's similar yeah. to the manager if you join Shrewsbury Football Club you have to you have to accept that you're only spending a quite a significant amount of time at the stadium after the game talking to the chairman so what are they talking about it must be a truly awkward conversation is he just talking nonsense is it is it what we've seen in the press conferences a glimpse into the nonsense he's talking about because we we I just don't understand. It's, we've got like a leaking pipe, and you just you, you know you're telling you're telling your missus I'll fix it another week. I'll fix it another week, and and the and the whole place is is flooding. It's I just don't understand then how we've got to situation again where we went through a whole window, 
we had months and months and months and months to prepare for that window. Yeah. And we've and we haven't fixed the issues. It is just mind-boggling. There's a degree of negligence in the club in in trusting a manager who messed up one window to to fix it in well, the second think, one yeah, and this, then him not raised, do it. Really you know, good question. They've got themselves to blame, haven't they? At the end of the day, they have and they haven't because. Yeah. I agree with you in some ways. They are given the... And the reason you're saying that is because they're giving the responsibility for recruitment and everything to the manager, aren't they? That's mm. the model that we have. And you can then you can quite rightly criticise the, the, the club, the board, the, the people in charge, the chairman, for making that decision because at the moment it's not working. It's not work. didn't work with Askey, didn't work with Ricketts, and it's not working at the moment with Cottrell. We haven't got relegated, but we're not making any progress at all. And we're yep. luckily to, I think, with this season, I think if we stave up, we'll be very, very lucky. So you can question the the model. Now, can we afford a director of football on, I don't know, 60 to 120k a year? No. That's, you know, two two all play. That's two first team players' wages or, or you know, a star player wage. So ten, maybe we can't. But what we're doing at the moment and this model we're following isn't working. And then turning that around, Glenn... Is it that we and it's just that almost that really bad? It's almost like a gambler, aren't we? We're at, the, we're at the table. We've lost loads of money. Do you just keep piling more money on, hoping you can get it back? Do we give? Do what do we do then? Do we give Cottrell the the summer window and the <sighs> next January window to try and fix the squad? Not if we go down, you won't be here anyway. I can't, I can't imagine. No, if we're going to we stay in. Let's, let's, let's play with the scenario. We yeah. stay in League One, Glenn. No, we'd be here. Let's then, say, yeah. say, let's say the end of the season, we we survived by six points. There's a little bit of a margin at the end. Um, and everyone's quite happy, you know. It's not not happy, but you know what I mean. It's not a it's not like a great it. escape or anything. You know, do we stick with a manager and hope that he is then going to sign these players and fix a squad and we're going to see better next season, or do we cut our, or or thread or you know get rid of the manager? Then it's it's a difficult one because you know you look at some of the clubs that are a bit more successful in this division. Let's just take Accrington Stanley. They're successful, aren't they? Because they have a manager who has an ethos. He recruits players that are going to fit his style of football. And it doesn't get in the situation that we have where you where you signed 15 players every summer because you're getting rid of the loads. Do we stick? Do we is that our method then? Is that what we have to stick with? Do you think? Do we have to stick with the manager now and kind of kind of ride this out because getting rid of a manager after one and a half year, two years isn't working? No, I think there's an argument about that. And it's interesting, Steve Cottrell in his pre-match before the first game this week was talking about the success that Wickham have had, about the reason that they've had a manager in charge for such a long period of time. He was able to build something. But it's not like Wickham had seasons of absolute crap three, four years in a row um, and he was able to ride all of that out. He had reasonably good teams straight away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. there was progress. and yeah, that's what Moyes got sacked at Man United, wasn't it? Yeah. That's why he got sacked yeah. basically at Man United, because there was no progress. You've yeah. got to see some incremental progress. And let's be honest, there's we haven't seen any progress since, again, we took call to talk about Hurst. It's three and a half years coming up to four years of just stagnation. Dire, dire, dire football. Yeah, we're a stag- we've stagnated as a football club, um, br- to be brutally honest about it. Even bringing in an experienced manager hasn't been able to turn that round. And then you start to look more widely, Ollie, and these are where a lot of, uh, uh, what are the word, hearsays and unknowns come into it. But I have this had this thing that's been going on this season about how I'm proud of our football club for running themselves in a sustainable way um, for years. You know, that's one of the things we talked about on the podcast for a long, long period of time because I think that's the right way to do it. Um, and up until covid it was a good strategy and it had us fighting at a level above where we are, but doing it in a way that didn't put the future of the football club at risk. COVID's hit. We've clearly lost a load of money during COVID from, from Brian's presentation at the Supporters Parliament. And yet we're still continuing to run our club on that same ethos, which is very difficult with a lack of commercial income and pressures on football wages going up. And we've, I think we found ourselves in a much trickier situation, despite the budget that we've got, than we previously were before COVID. And I'm sure other clubs are the same. The difference between Shrewsbury Town Football Club and the difference between a Burton and a, and, a, and a few other clubs that we mentioned during this conversation is that they have owners who are willing to fund some losses. Now, it's not sustainable. It is a bad way to run a football club fundamentally. But if you're a wealthy man and you want to you know, take a hit for a three or four years of getting that expensive striker and, and losing 500, 600 grand more than you would have done beforehand... That's on them, isn't it? It's their money. They can do what they want with it. We do not have a chairman or a football club structure that allows that flexibility, to be brutally honest with you. We run it in a finance-first approach. And I am proud of that, but I I think it's... To an extent, we do do plan to lose a loss, make a loss every year. But it's managed Um, loss. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it, well, it's just a it's a calculated gamble, um, a loss where you, you only need a Liverpool tie to fix it for a couple of years. Um, but you're right, and it's and for me, uh, and like. For me, it's not about. I understand what you're saying, Glenn. Like, you know, could money fix our issues? Look at Everton, bloody hell, they have spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions, yeah, and they're in a relegation fight. It's different world, though. So it's not about necessarily about money. It's about getting talented people who are good leaders who can make good decisions and recruit well. And the fact of it is that ASCII, Ricketts, and Cottrell have not recruited well. No, that's true. And that's the crux. That's the crux of the issue. You could have given. I reckon you. Yeah, you could have given Askey and Ricketts millions to spend, and I don't think they would have spent it wisely. And I would, don't want us to gamble. But people get frustrated, and after three and a half years, people start looking for other reasons, don't they, and other mm. things to think about. I don't know. I think if you'd given Cottrell a bit more money, maybe than what he's had and l- lamented about, give, you know, if he just, if, it sounds from some of the things Cottrell says that there were players there that we couldn't quite get over the line for financial reasons. And at that but is point, he saying that just to cover his back, though? We don't I don't know, know. do we? I, we don't know, and that's where the hearsay comes from. It's an from, easy isn't it? excuse, isn't it? It's yeah. an easy excuse for a manager, and it's a, it's a one that managers often go to. Oh, I didn't have the money. You know, the fans need to have a word of the chairman, whatever. He obviously is not putting that, but you know, he's you know talk about money, 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 money. You know, I can't sign people because of money, and then people have a go at the board rather than having a maybe having a pop or um, kind of putting a finger at the manager. But Brian will always tell us consistently and has told us consistently during Sports Parliament is that we do have one of the lower budgets in the league. As much as it might be respectable for League One, it's still not, you know, it's not, uh, never going to be no. upper echelon. But my, my point comes back to that thing, isn't it? Is, and this isn't a criticism of our chairman. As I said, I can't be critical of something that I've always been quite proud of. But I do think that when we look at this whole conversation we're having, that the way we run our football club gives us a glass ceiling that's really difficult to break through now, Ollie. And the Hurst season was amazing but was probably a fluke in all honesty about great recruitment you know done on that same budget roughly that maybe we've got now and I think that without without any additional money coming to the football club or some big new sponsor or um, you know Paul Dell suddenly putting in a load of money that we weren't aware of or finally us reaching out and going to other Shropshire businesses and bringing them into the board without some kind of innovation innovation or financial kind of change at the very top of the club. I think this is our glass ceiling now, Ollie, if I'm honest with you. And we've just, as a football oh, fan I don't agree of this with club... That. How can you say that? How can you say that when Accrington Stanley are 12th and Burton out will be the 13th? But, but they're st- it's still marginal. They're not miles ahead of us, are they? Do you know what I mean? They're not, well, they're not in the relegation fight. They've got, they've got 12 points more than us they've got like they've got nearly 50% more points than us yeah and they, I agree with you they're doing a better job as a club and they're set up in recruitment and that's that's obviously fundamentally but I'm just saying, I just don't thing. fundamentally disagree that our, our glass ceiling has been in a relegation fight Oh, and, uh, when I I don't really mean now where we are in 18th. I think you know mid table League One is the glass ceiling, isn't it? Yeah, mid table League different. One is probably par for us, and then a good manager gets you to go a bit higher and gets yeah. you to have that that Paul Hurst season, and that's what we're looking for. Now, what I think what's happened is that we're underperforming our oh, this season um, is our, our budget a huge and the last three and a half years, yep. and that's why people are pissed off. Yeah, no, I, and that's why people have a text. That's why you get tweets like tweets from James Archer, and he said. And he asked me, like he said, like you know, he wants to see something different. Someone wants to see something from the club, and he says he wants to see a plan, a concise and obvious progression over a period of time. Spending some money, I disagree with on the spending some money bit, as we've kind of discussed, um, and fans being excited in the summer or January because we have a go and sign some players. And I think that plan bit is really important. We know, and you know particularly, Glenn, that this chairman is not keen on making public statements, and we know because we've spent so much time on Shrewsbury Town that the Kind of the plan, for, I guess the plan for the club is to you know sign up and come in managers, try and sign some young talent, bring some players to the youth system. But has anyone ever really said that recently? Mm, what is no. the plan? When was the last time you heard from the club what the plan is? And maybe when, it's about time we heard something. It was when Ricketts told us we were going to set a B team up and go, well, Brentford won it, Ollie. Do you remember that when we sat with him? And that, well, was the... that wasn't a plan, that was just, yeah, some maybe someone born in a press conference. But I think it's a really good question from James mm. what is the plan? What are we doing? Well, what's the, plan- the reason to believe, you know, what's the reason to believe that we're going to get through this and we're going to have some pain, but we're going to get through? Where are we going? We're plan- going to keep going from shit manager, shit manager, shit manager yeah. until finally there aren't four teams worse than us and we end up in League Two. 
I think the plan is to bring back Paul Hurst, isn't it, Ollie? Obviously, that's the answer to all these problems. Um, I'm only joking. Um, uh, you know, let's be honest. You look at a club ethos, and we we've talked a lot on the podcast about you know again something I'm quite proud of is that gritty, hard to beat, determined, um, hard working performance. That's a Shrewsbury Town performance. You know, you could ask the guys from the 60s and 70s and the 80s. Those are the sorts of teams we got behind. And yeah, when you threw in that little bit of magic dust, a couple of attacking players, you went for it in games. You you know you had the teams that you would get behind and love. But it seems to me that since Hurst left that the club has become a set up not to lose focused football club and that's run through three managers and it's like is this you know is, I'm, I'm pretty sure Brian and Roland aren't going into interviews with managers saying right well this is our football club ethos you know like in football manager what does the club want to achieve we want to not lose games of football and every manager's like okay right I'll play five at the back and we'll, we'll barely barely attack I don't know what it is why it's happened three years in a row under three managers that but that is our club ethos at the moment that's that is our plan at every game pretty much try and nick a goal and win a game it, there's no like let's go forward in an enjoyable attacking sense and I know we can't do it now with the players we've got but we have during these three years had some better players that we could have done it with them none of the managers have really ever gone for it so it you know it's it's odd isn't it that we, we are a it's a really good question that it's Glenn mm. you know Askey had a different approach Ricketts had a different approach and Cottrell had a different approach but the end result is exactly the same why yeah, well, it's always defensive minded, isn't it? And maybe it's because but, 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 they but, all but, feel. But I would say Aki, Aski wasn't defensive minded. Um, no, he we, was a, maybe he, we didn't he, see he played that. more attacking football. And in that second season, Ricketts tried to play attacking football, and we were for, playing for about um, three weeks. We were playing bloody Jason <laughs> Cummings as an inside inside forward, and we were utterly dire. <laughs> yeah. And then he had to resort to defensive football. But it's a really yeah. good question. It's probably a question that maybe there isn't probably isn't a simple answer to. Why are no. we so shit? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's worth having this conversation because it is a it's almost like a recurring nightmare, isn't it? And maybe we're being overly yeah. harsh this week because of where we are and worries about relegations. Christ, we could beat more. But, 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 but we're talking and, about yeah. You know, that's why it's that's why we wanted to talk. That's why I couldn't do yeah. another podcast where we just talk about the game and the action because one there was no action, but eight games. What did I say? Eight games, two goals, four goals. No, yeah, nine games, four draws. goals. I think we said. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but that, that's including the Liverpool one. I'm talking about just the oh, league. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about just, just talk about just the league. Eight games, two goals. That's 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 that's. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with that. Mm. I know, and I think it's it's you know. Uh... Uh, cup half full and all that sort of thing. There are a lot of fans that have kind of probably say it's been, you know, three of the best seasons we've had at this higher level defensively. You know, we've not conceded many goals in those three seasons, and there are positives that we've come through this period and, and the FA Cup runs. But I think, you know, when you take a step back and look at that wider view, and for us as people that sit down and really kind of try to look at this football club and what's going on in a bit more in depth every hour, an hour or two hours every Sunday night, you know, I, you know, we're both right in saying we feel that that we feel the same thing. I see a lot of fans talking about in that um, that kind of you know, stagnation that people see I mean, it's not the first time we mentioned this we mentioned it right at the peak of Ricketts Ball but that was during Covid and we couldn't go to games and there was a, a whole different vibe about it to, go, to get back to games and have had all that excitement kind of dripped out of you a little bit at times now watching the way we play I mean as I say, if I if you went to both those games this week, um, fair play to you, um, because I can't imagine that you got a lot of joy out of watching you Town this week. You know, there was that gritty point. Yeah, I can understand why that that's enjoyable. But you're going a long way and it's you're paying a lot enjoyable. of money to watch. It wasn't enjoyable watching no. it, let alone driving all the way to Wickham, being in the freezing cold. No, no, no. Well, there we go. And uh, uh, turn it out to the, to the to the fans. Like, why do you think we're yeah in the same situation after three managers and what's it now three and a half seasons? What what do you think the reason is? And I think that's maybe why the the chairman is starting to get some flack now because and Brian. people are kind of running out of running out of excuses and you know what excuses people are running out of rational reasons for it and they're getting to the point of well, what's the consistent what's what's the what's the what's the consistent um, you know, person and the kind of people that are around? I don't, I'm not saying it is necessarily the chairman and stuff. I don't think no. it is the chairman. I think they they give the responsibility to. the the manager and it's up to them to recruit players um, that you know they bring in experts to to be football managers but it doesn't help the chairman. It doesn't help the chairman. The more this sort of stuff goes on, because rumours build. You know, one rumour I see a lot of. I've no idea whether this is true or not. You know, we 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 get bits and bobs from people at the club, but a lot of people are saying these last two transfer windows of we've not bought many people in and we haven't had the budget that you know we would have wanted. And this is this is all the sort of talk here is because chairman's selling up in the summer to delves and he wants to take as much money out as possible. I mean, that doesn't seem very Roland Witchley to be honest I with you. That's the not, man that he, saved I remember us. him saying to us in yeah. there when we were doing the badge that he wanted to leave the club with a million pounds. In the bank. But this, well, I don't yeah, believe that he exactly. Wants to, but this is the point: is that. that bad runs like this, Ollie, 
generate that kind of conversation. It's not good for the chairman. And so I don't know. No. I would like to have seen personally Brian come out and have a, another chat about the transfer window. In absence of explanation from the club or and kind of a, a thought of what our plan is, people will fill that void exactly. with their own theories. And that's what fans are doing. That's what people do. Brian staved off in the summer when he came out and did that conversation and, and basically said, look, as a football club, we believe we gave the budget to the manager and the manager didn't spend it. There was clarity there and we were, were able to get on board with that, weren't we? You know, you obviously talked to Brian a bit, bit of some bobs and I obviously see him at the sports parliament meetings and, you know, you talk to him one on one. And I, I don't I get a feeling that that was entirely true. But as, as the fact that other windows gone through and if anything was worse than the summer window in some respects and the club have said nothing about it or Brian hasn't done one of his updates. I appreciate he's, I think he's on holiday at the moment, so maybe he will do it when he returns. But I would really like to see the club say something about quite what went on in that window, because if, you know, in everything we've talked about is as a result of another bad window and we're struggling now because of the same problems we talked about in October and November, Ollie. So I don't think there's really any any more we can say on that, I suppose, for the moment um, and, and kind of leave it there, I guess. Yep. So apologies to anyone if you're driving to work next Monday morning, because <laughs> we haven't done much to um, infuse you for the week. But it's where we are, mate. It's where we are, isn't mm. it? And it is where we are. And, you know, in some respects, the next game coming up is quite well-timed, I suppose, because it's make or break, isn't it, really? Morecambe at home, the team we're trying to keep our head above the water from. Six-pointer, let's put it that way. It's a must-win, Ollie. in my view. You know, we often don't want to say that until you get to the last five, six games of the season. But for me, it, this is must-win to avoid a crisis at the moment of getting dragged right back into it. we stop this slump, don't we? This, exactly. Turn yeah. it into a nine-game run with two goals or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, and not being able to score at home against Morecambe would be just the end of the world, to be honest with you. So, and their yeah, Morecambe are obviously not record is doing... atrocious. Yes, yeah, they're not doing well at the moment and should be a team that even a half-decent Shrewsbury Town team should be able to, to put away at home. I suspect it will be close. We might just nick it 1-0. Um, and I'd like to be positive about, about it this week, but I, I can see it being a draw again, Ollie, in all honesty, because can you can you see Morecambe coming here and not playing the same way against against us that, that Fleetwood did, you know, down the bottom against one of your relegation rivals, a good chance to play a team that are not in good form. They're not, they're not going to come here and get rolled over. It'll be a horribly close game. Yeah, templates out there. All these teams have analysts. All watch the videos. You know, you just take take the Fleetwood um, approach, and and you and you stop Shrewsbury Town. So it's going to be a, a fascinating game from a tactical mm. point of view. Yep. I'm not um, in, not too excited about this one. It's 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 getting a bit rough at the moment, but. Yeah, I think we probably should draw this podcast to a close, Glenn. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not there on on Saturday, uh, unfortunately, no. for uh, other. I can't say you're a fair weather fan because no, it's, it's, that wouldn't work. No. I'm going to go to Burton uh, the, the following Saturday, so um, that'll make up for it. But yeah, it's, I'm a bit, I'm a bit ashamed. It's one of those games where I don't, re- I would rather not miss it. Do you know what I mean? Because it's quite critical in a season. Like you know, you could have missed, I don't know, the Fleetwood game a couple of weeks ago because it wasn't quite as critical as this. And um, I would, I, if I if I could swap it, I would have swapped them round. But unfortunately, I won't be there. But you'll be there, Ollie, and I'll try and um, I probably will watch it on iFollow. So um, that's fine. But we're gonna we're gonna just say that in the next couple of weeks we've got a couple of um, weeks where I need to miss one podcast and Ollie needs to miss a podcast and we'll join half of it sort of thing because of various um, different bits and bobs with house moves and all that sort of thing. Ollie isn't there, so um, yeah, you'll you'll hear a few guests over the next couple of weeks. Yep. So yeah, thanks for listening. Well done if you made it to the end. And um, yeah, we'll be back again next week.